Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment, for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Do you happen to have a chance, Cube? I don't, but I do have some dice from Marvel Dice Throne. Coming soon, Marvel Dice Throne is a fast and fun board game for all ages. Each player selects one of eight heroes to face off in a head-to-head battle to see who earns the right to take the throne. Gameplay involves strategically rolling dice to activate special abilities, playing unique hero cards to manipulate results, and upgrading your hero board to power up your stats. The project is currently being crowdfunded on Kickstarter, so head there now to check out their Kickstarter exclusives and reserve your copy today. And happy life day, everyone. <laughs> happy life day. I've already had some wine and I'm on a beer, so we're doing great tonight, guys. <laughs> Welcome, Rudy Knights of the Well-Rounded Table to Bohemian Geek mm. Studies, where we take extremely darky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master, mm. Rebel Scum Collaborator, and once again, crying into many tissues. <laughs> I am Pirate Jedi Anders Drew, but no matter what rank we carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have. So much to learn this episode, There's a lot to learn. How to deal with grief without crying, everyone. It doesn't work. This season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking our detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today, we're diving into Season 4, Episodes 12 and 13, Wolves and Adore, and The World Between. Yeah, it still, it just doesn't work. The title is bad. That is a bad title. All right. Well, we have done our best to scramble our signal, and we will be avoiding spoilers for the remaining three episodes of season four. But spoiler for the absolute rest of Star Wars canon. And I will throw in an adult content warning for the younglings. Mm -hmm. But without further ado, let's grab our Imperial disguises, enter the temple, and explore our holocrons of knowledge. Colleen, let's punch it and open up that first holocron. Woo! Let's go. Our first holocron is the Journal of the Wills, where we go over the plot synopsis for this week's episodes, starting off with Wolves and a Door. For real, I have to do that every time, everyone, otherwise I will say Wolves at the Door. <laughs> we pick up more or less where we left, left off last episode, as far as explaining to the Spectres that the temple is in trouble and that they have to help. Sabine wants to go to the temple in order to get more meaning from the symbols on the stone that Ezra got from the Wolves, and Hera agrees that they will do what they can. For Kanan. It's what he would have wanted. Ezra calls the Loth Wolves to take them to the temple, much to the other's visual discomfort. Sorry, Chop. <laughs> Wolf, that sucks. 
They run through the fields and force walk back through the planet where they hear several voices on the way, waking up on the other side of the planet. Dun, dun, dun. So the temples kind of become an excavation site for the empire. This is very like Indiana Jones. Very um, the British Museum is like stealing cultural treasures from other places. Yeah. Empire, you know, it's, you yeah. do you do what you can because you can. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> as Orson Bean, they steal some trooper armor and they manage to infiltrate Minister Hayden, who is this weird kind of creepy hunched over hooded figure. He's being very, very protective of the ruins and all of the artifacts. And Ezra manages to pull off a pretty darn masterful Jedi mind trick to throw mm-hmm. a death trooper off their scent. Like this isn't like it's been played for laughs in the past that he can't quite get it, but and Kanan always has to kind of end up doing it. But this time he straight up got it. Mm-hmm. Little boy's all grown up. <laughs> the rebels intercept a call that was made to Hayden from the Emperor and listen in on him telling his master that they have made several promising discoveries, including ruins that match the artifacts from the Jedi archives, these pictures of the Mortis gods. The Emperor really wants to know more, but says Kanan's death has altered Lothal's fate in unknown ways. Very important. If Palpy doesn't know what's going to happen, that's a significant detail. <laughs> yes, very, which is why he's concerned. In the yeah. Thrawn books, Palpatine really couldn't have cared less about Kanan. He was like, we'll get him eventually. Like, it's just another Jedi. Yeah. And now here, he's like, actually, Kanan Jarrus is very important, and he's altered the fate of Lothal. <laughs> Craziness. Love it. Yes. Oh, so Ezra Palpatine. and Sabine, they resolve to kind of just continue their search and, and their investigation. Mm-hmm. The work continues, and Haydn has the floodlights focused on a mural of the Mortis Gods, which we will cover later. While he's attending to another issue, Ezra and Sabine study the mural. Sabine interprets the images and has Ezra, quote, do his thing. (laughs) Great. He engages with the image of the daughter while Sabine stalls some guards. Scary. The painting begins to move really cool 2D animation. Absolutely beautiful. So stunning. The golds, the colors, wonderful. The loath wolves in the painting begin to run across the wall away from the main painting and form a circular gateway. Meanwhile, Haydn has captured Sabine and deduced who she is. Like, mm, this is no good. Wondering where her friend is. He sounds the alarm and Ezra is discovered. Before he can be captured, Ezra enters the gateway. Cut straight to the next episode, A Ooh. World Between Worlds. Ezra Ezra comes through the gateway and into some kind of like strange dimension with several paths and a lot of other kind of doorways really kind of looks like it belongs in like the uh the rainbow uh Mario Kart level (laughs) just like all these space I thought you're gonna say the rainbow bridge from Thor (laughs) I I was actually about to say that but I meant the Mario Kart thing and I was like (laughs) wait no it's the not the rainbow bridge the rainbow track Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's walking around and he hears a lot of voices echoing across time and space. Mm-hmm. Then we kind of cut back to the Imperial dig site. Hayden's questioning Sabine, saying that Thrawn has spoken very highly of her. And she's just like sarcastic, like, cool, nice flattery, bro. <laughs> anyway, Hayden wants to know how Ezra and she managed to open the gateway where he and the Emperor have and the empire have so far fails and she has the best response of all time just sitting there snarky and saying i'm smarter than you 
he doesn't fully he doesn't fully take the bait telling her the emperor knows ezra has entered the portal and will be able to find him he tells sabine that the portal is not just the doorway into the temple but a doorway across all of time and space controlling it will give the emperor control of all the universe so stakes are pretty high very high <laughs> um meanwhile Hera, Zeb, and Chopper start to plan their rescue for Sabine. And they hope Ezra, but they're not actually sure. <laughs> right, they don't know where Ezra went. <laughs> like, uh, we're going to try and find him later. Okay, so Ezra comes across a gateway with Morai perched on it. It leads to the moment at the end of Twilight of the Apprentice. Mm. He sees what happens to Ahsoka and Vader after he left the Sith Temple, but manages to reach through and save Ahsoka before the temple collapses. Sabine is still stalling slash taunting Haydn as he goes through the images he has collected of the Mortis gods. When he gets more aggressive, she reveals that the pictures are a language, kind of like hieroglyphics. When he is skeptical, she repeats that she's smarter than him. We know, girl, we know, slay. Haydn sighs and has the troopers move to hold her in place because apparently the Mandalorian her will only respond to force. <laughs> Very rude. I hope we could be civil, yeah. but now I'll just be a dick. Yeah, no kidding. Mm. So Ahsoka and Ezra are discovering where exactly they are, which is kind of everywhere and nowhere. Ahsoka mm -hmm. deduces that it's a world between worlds, coining that nice little phrase. Mm -hmm. uh, Ezra suddenly realizes that if he can save Ahsoka, he could also save Kanan. He can change it. <laughs> he can. He's determined and he is, finds the moment where Kanan died and he says he can stop him from dying. And Ahsoka begs him not to, as this is exactly where and when Kanan needed to be. Mm -hmm. Pulling him out would kill the rest of the Spectres, and Ezra unfortunately needs to make the choice to let go, as hard as that is. Mm -hmm. Ezra gives in, letting go, and thus learning Kanan's final lesson to him the entire reason he brought him here. The two, <laughs> though, are discovered. Yeah, I'm trying to give Colleen space to uh, cry as many times as she needs to this episode, guys. I'm in my feeling. <laughs> <laughs> the two are ultimately discovered, though, through another gateway by Palpatine using some kind of Sith magic. Mm -hmm. He is attempting to get a hold of Ezra to use him as a way into the portal. The two run, and Ahsoka helps hold off the Emperor. He's got these cool fire tendril things that he's trying to grab Ezra with. Mm -hmm. uh, Ahsoka leaves to go back to her own place in the timeline, and Ezra manages to escape, resolving to close the portal mm -hmm. and cut Palpatine off. Yep. He's got to save the world between worlds, everyone. Back with Haydn, Sabine realizes that since the daughter opened the portal, the sun will close it. Hera and Zeb cause one of the thrusters under the office to fire, throwing off everyone inside and allowing Sabine to escape. So I love cool. that moment. Great plan. So good. Ezra makes it back to Lothal and with Sabine's advice engages with the sun, causing the portal to close, the temple to begin collapsing, and Ezra to pass out promptly. The rebels escape the collapsing temple while the Imperials are all buried under the rubble. Goodbye. See ya. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. When Ezra wakes up, the temple is completely gone, sunken under the ground. 
Ezra confirms to Hera that Kanan is now truly gone. <laughs> and he sees the white loaf wolf in the distance and says goodbye to his master one more time. <laughs> it's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get then into our second holocron, The Will of the Force. This is where we go through the theme or themes of these episodes. Colleen, start us off with the, with the episodes. Okay, we're going to start with episode 12. Our theme for that episode is having faith in each other. Every member of the ghost crew chooses to trust Ezra's interpretation of the wolves giving him the tablet from the temple. They're Even also Zeb. going to just... I know, right? Yeah, well, Zeb's, Zeb's like, okay. So a wolf gave you a stone with pictures on it and that means we have to save the temple yes. sure mm-hmm. he's like all right we've done weirder shit let's just go <laughs> they're also willing to hop on board some of those wolves and go on a mysterious force walk even though once again zeb takes a little more time than everyone else to get on that's a lot of faith to have in someone and that's why this tight-knit family can get shit done is because they have faith in each other Hera also has to let go of her worry and concern and allow Ezra and Sabine to carry on with their mission. She has to think like the mission leader instead of a mom, which is like really sad, but also you gotta let your kids grow up and go off on deadly missions by themselves. <laughs> I, I, in Star Wars at least. Uh, this is kind of a midpoint between the episodes, for both episodes, the theme, don't take Sabine for granted. <laughs> everyone she's a tiny teenage girl but yet she is mighty she doesn't hesitate to get on the loaf wolf she's brave she trusts Ezra completely everything with Minister Hayden is fantastic like he thinks that she's smart like yeah she's smart but he thinks that he is smarter than her foolish mistake old man he appreciates her art and her knowledge of symbology and then he's really easily manipulated by her (laughs) like really easily it's kind of embarrassing for him whether this is because he underestimates her or he's so intent on just getting usable information for the for Palpatine, it's still a mistake. Like, dude, you needed to be watching her the entire time. Yeah. And like, yeah, mistakes were made. <laughs> if he hadn't died in the temple collapsing, I'm sure Palpatine would have killed him or throw him in jail for a really long time. Yeah. Send him to Mustafar for a while. Yeah, exactly. Go to the lava planet and hang out with Vader. He's super fun. Yo, he and Vene would have uh, had a great time together. Poor Vene. <laughs> oh my god, every single aide in the Empire, I cannot. Those people. Mm. People will do anything for their Empire. Episode 13, one of the most devastating things to ever happen in Star Wars. <laughs> the Again. The choice and consequences. There's a lot of devastation in Rebels, everyone. Let's just be fair. This one, though, the choices, consequences. Mm. Ezra's very interested in saving Kanan. Obviously, he wants to save his father figure, his teacher, his master. But Ahsoka says that Kanan found the exact moment where he had to do what he had to do. I mean, changing that moment would be devastating to the timeline, would be devastating to everyone, even if they could have saved him. I think two people jumping out of a portal (laughs) would have startled Kanan and might have caused the fire to kill everyone. So they probably, they might have been able to save him. But in this moment, Ahsoka knows, like, we should not be meddling Mm -hmm. with this. We should not be meddling with time. 
she also knows that she can't go back with Ezra to Lothal as things are unfolding the way they need to. Like she needs to stay where she is and go on some other mission. How the hell she's going to get off a freaking Malachor is anyone's guess. Um, the Jedi also almost lose the world between worlds to the dark side because in opening the gateway, Ezra left a path for Palpatine to follow. Like Palpatine is obviously like has this thing low jacked. He is waiting for somebody to get in so that he can sneak in behind them. Yep. You do the work and then I'll just walk right in and claim everything. Exactly. Oh my God. He's Elon Musk. Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) And then getting into our series theme here, we have the bigger picture. It really does not get much more bigger than Emperor Palpatine being able to control time and space. Yeah. The rebellion Pretty much the galaxy would be crushed if the Emperor got his hands on the world between worlds. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka and Ezra avert disaster by closing off this world to him, although his obsession with it is not about to just go away that easy. Yeah. This man built two Death Stars, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> his obsessions are not going to die. And had a Tide Defender project. And was probably getting some stuff started for Starkiller Base. And was yeah. building a Sith fleet on Exegol. All of yep. that was happening at once. So many moving pieces, plus all of the little like hideaway places he had artifacts yeah. and shit. A lot going on. A lot of stuff going oh, on. Busy. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then let's move right into our third holocron, the galaxy's populace. This is where we go through the characters and relationships from these episodes. So, Colleen, who are some important characters for us? Ezra. <laughs> our boy. Our boy is really coming into the forefront at the end of the series. This is a huge progression for him. He's gotten to the point of directly asking the wolves for help. Great. Particularly with travel. Like he calls them with the force. Wonderful. He also pulls out that Jedi mind trick that we mentioned flawlessly. Like, well done, my dude. He just steps up and gets it done. Also, as we're coming to terms with the fact that he shouldn't mess with changing time is a huge milestone for him. I mean, he's 19 people, 19 years old, and he's realizing that there's bigger things out there than what he wants. Mm -hmm. Pretty damn big for a teenager. He proved that he's able to turn away from temptation, from taking the easy way out. This is almost like his final test as a Padawan. I think he'll have a couple more tests to come up. But at this point, it's almost like he's a knight. Like he's almost just a Jedi Knight at this point. Mm-hmm. Being able to get into the world between worlds, avoiding the temptation, like this is a big test moment and Ezra passed. So good. Yeah. <laughs> and then so we all, <laughs> it is. Oh uh, and then we also have Sabine. Sabine's intelligence and her artistic sense are just on full display here. And again, I think Sabine just doesn't get enough talk. <laughs> She does not get a lot of talk that she deserves. So I want to highlight here, you know, she's able to interpret those symbols and those paintings. She stalls the troopers. She outsmarts Haydn in the process. Mm-hmm. And again, whenever she says, I'm smarter than you, I absolutely giggle to myself every single every. time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the relationship between these two is also kind of on full display here. The teamwork between Ezra and Sabine is absolutely incredible. Very worth noting uh, that even though Ezra is the only force user among them, it still takes two to open that gateway, just like it always did to open the temple with Kanan, as he never would have been able to do it without Sabine's intelligence. Right. 
he still needed someone. Oh my god, is that completely different from most of what the Jedi teaches? What? What? <laughs> it's almost like the Jedi Temple on Lothal knows some things. Okay, moving on to Minister Hayden, that piece of shit. This seeming dark side acolyte was originally planned to be Vinay, who is Vader's attendant in Rogue One, who also shows up in the Lego Star Wars Terror Tales, because yes, amazing. No word on why they changed it. Maybe the timeline didn't quite work properly. He seems to be a student of the dark side. He's just kind of as obsessed with this history stuff as Palpatine is. But he's limited in it by his own lack of vision. As Sabine is happy to point out to him numerous times. That's <laughs> great. He's voiced by Malcolm McDowell. Perfection. Absolutely. I love Malcolm McDowell so much. It's so great to have him and Ian McDermott like dueling for cheese factor is fantastic. Haydn is actually one of Palpatine's advisors or ministers, which included Saint Pestage, who is a fairly big character in Legends. He is in Darth Plagueis. He's one of Palpatine's very trusted advisors. And he also shows up in canon in the book Tarkin. So mm -hmm. Palpatine has a lot of these advisors who are off doing like secret random shit for him. Yeah, there's another and one that I shows up in uh, the Aftermath trilogy, and I can't think of who it is. I can't think yes. of the name, but the one that's in like the temple at the end. Yeah. Yes, him. And then Dorian from Legends is also one of his big time helpers. And Mara Jade. And Mara Jade. Yes, Mara. I think Mara's kind of off in her own universe. Yeah. So she doesn't have to answer to anyone. But Yes, she is definitely one of Palpatine's trusted accolades. All right. And then lastly, Ahsoka Tano returns. We had that really small tease at the end of Twilight with the Apprentice that Ahsoka survived that episode, but we never really knew how. I mean, at least Vader has some pretty heavy-duty armor to survive a building collapsing on top of him. Um, plus, he's too angry to die. <laughs> plus, yeah, he's just straight up too angry to die. And we know because of Maul that that works. All right. Now we get our answer, though. We know how she survived. She actually wasn't there during the, the collapse itself. Uh, and she also shows extreme wisdom in her just kind of like out-of-the-box understanding of the world between worlds yeah. and the implication of Ezra messing with Kanan's sacrifice. It's just really notable to show how intelligent she is, that she's just kind of right. like, nope, we should not yeah. be here. No, this is bad. This is, no. <laughs> gotta get out of here <laughs> i love ahsoka she just grows so much from clone wars through rebels into mando from what we hope will happen with her new series which dave filoni is the creative force behind very curious to see how that's going to shake out i'm sure we'll have many podcasts about it when it eventually comes out <laughs> oh yeah we will be doing that all right, well then let's move into our fourth holocron, binding the galaxy together. This is where we go through our homages, Easter eggs, connections, callbacks throughout these episodes. So Colleen, start us off. Excellent. We have twin moons, classic Star Wars trope in that opening. Instead of Tatooine's twin suns, though, we get to see both moons of Lothal in the sky. And that is, of course, Callus's little catchphrase when he was fulcrum, was by the light of Lothal's moons. Mm. We also get the return of the Force Walk. The travel of the wolves themselves makes that return. But while they're in transit, we get a lot of clips 
primarily of Kanan from previous episodes in the series. We also get a clip of Hera, we get the Grand Inquisitor, and we get one of Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. And each moment that we see is very much a pivotal point for both Ezra and that featured character along their own respective journeys. Yes, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Everything that happens in this episode. It's just so cool. They're so good. Speaking of the wolves, we always mess up the episode title thinking it's wolves at the door. This is a popular idiom, meaning that some sort of fierce hardship has shown up in your life. This is very true for Ezra. There's a lot of fierce hardships at his door, but the wolves are not the danger to him. It's the metaphorical wolves that are after him this time. Yeah, still doesn't work. More on that with Flo later. Next, we get a little bit of an echo, a reminder of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Ezra uses that recording of Thrawn from the Siege of Chopper Base to distract the guards. Hysterical. It's amazing. Amazing. Good job. Him and Chop, like, amazing. I love it. Next, we have the Emperor himself. Ian McDiarmid returns to voice Emperor Palpatine and to utter the classic Star Wars line, there has been a great disturbance in the Force. Yes. Yes, there has. <laughs> and then so oh yeah <laughs> and then we get the mortis gods these characters have a very major role in the mortis arc of the clone Wars series a i'm gonna say usually beloved because i feel like when people don't like it they like hate really it. they like really it. don't like it when they don't like it but most people seem to like it and they should it's fantastic and amazing and it is a very pivotal arc for anakin obi-wan and ahsoka Mm -hmm. um the daughter represents the light side of the force the son is the dark side and the father is the balance uh, maybe the father is bendu oh god no i mean kind of he's this kind of a dick the same way he's like uh anakin you're supposed to babysit my kids for all of eternity now. yeah i'm out so i can go die like what i after wouldn't want the, that job either <laughs> after the events of that arc the bird morai becomes one of ahsoka's symbols and um, which we get reminded of when ezra points it out in the painting yes so morai is the daughter or the reincarnation spirit of the daughter what does that mean everyone mm -hmm. <laughs> ahsoka is the light side everyone <laughs> next we have the daughter's words when ezra activates the temple are we are the ones who guard the power we are the middle the beginning and the end Interesting. Big Bendu vibes there also. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so then we have while in the world between worlds, you can see slash hear a lot of voices from throughout Star Wars, including there's a lot here, guys. We're going to go through all of them. Yoda, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Qui-Gon Jinn, our dude, Ahsoka herself, Kanan, Maz Kanata, Chirrut, Imwe. Yes. <laughs> I love her so much. Jin Urso, Kylo Ren, Ray. Oh, it's just so good. The father, the daughter, Anakin again, Poe Dameron, Princess Leia Organa, and Vader. Get a lot. They don't throw Luke in there, though. I find that My favorite is the luminous beings quote. I love that quotation mm -hmm. from Yoda. So good. So, so good. Next up, we have the, the iconography and the symbols around the various portals in the world between worlds. Well, this is the first time we've been there. Those have been things that Star Wars has used before and has 
continued to use since. So when Ezra's meditating in the temple and has his actual face-to-face -face with that freaky version of Yoda, uh, he, if you look at the, he seems to be kneeling on this like small circular platform that has kind of these runes around it. And then Mandalorian season two, when Grogu is meditating at the temple on Tython, the stone he's sitting on has those symbols kind of carved around it. And uh, some very similar looking symbols are represented in the logo for the upcoming Ahsoka series. <laughs> Which again, we will very probably extensively cover. Yes, that is probably the series I'm most excited for. A lot of people are very excited for Kenobi. Yeah. Which I understand. But once they announced the Ahsoka show, I was like, sold. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so... This is actually a really cool part. Ezra's use of both the light side and the dark sides of the force and who in this episode, in order to close the doorway to the world between worlds, Ezra, like, like, or to open the doorway, he uses his light side ability, which activates the daughter. But when it comes to closing the door, he needs to dig deeper and remember some of his training with Maul. The artwork of the sun glows red when he finally focuses enough and touches it. And Ezra passes out after using the power, which we saw back in season one, when he used the dark side to draw up the queen of the Fearnox. So those are some hints that he is using the dark side right now, which is really cool. He's balancing, he's mm -hmm. balancing light and dark in this moment. And then the sun's final words to Ezra are, the future by its nature can be changed. Dun, dun, which is dun. actually kind of hopeful quote coming from the sun yeah and the artwork as he sinks the sun like lowers his head like he is kind of sorry for the events that happened in the mortis arc of clone wars hopefully i know right i'm like i really hope he feels bad for everything <laughs> in the more everyone please watch the mortis, mortis arc of clone wars seriously uh, and then lastly, we have the Master of Fate. So Ezra's very excited at the prospect of stopping Kanan's death. Very much like Anakin is obsessed with this. He says, I can't, he almost quotes Anakin, the idea of I can stop people from dying. Thankfully, Ahsoka's there to talk him down and help him let go. Oh, they Which needed was, each other in that moment. They really did. Because I, I wouldn't put it past Ahsoka to also maybe think that way. But then Ezra's there and she's like, I have to help Ezra. I can't be thinking selfishly yeah. in this moment. And also, I mean, also for <laughs> Ezra, it's a pretty straightforward moment. Like you pull Kanan out of the fire and he lives. I don't know how Ahsoka would uh, exactly plan on saving Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> She'd have no. to do some study first to be like, shit, what happened? Yeah. Which nexus point do I need to get to in order to change this moment? <laughs> And then the watcher would come down and be like, no, you cannot change this moment. This is a necessary moment. <laughs> Sorry, that was a, a what if. Yeah. <laughs> Before you know it, Star Wars zombies. Oh my God. Actually, there is a book called Death Troopers. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> For all of you Halloween Star Wars people out there. <laughs> Well, before we move to Jordax Holocron, we're going to take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors. Do you need a freelancer to help with your website, either a designer, maybe you need someone to help write expert articles and blogs, or a presentation designer to help you with a big work project? Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. 
You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as just $5 a gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with your pressing projects. Just post your gig for a freelancer and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in our show notes to get started. Please note, Bohemian Geek Studies is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of BGS, and we appreciate your continued support. Okay, everyone, it is time to head into our fifth holocron, the newbie from Naboo. This is Flo's first time watching Rebels, her first time going into the world between worlds. We've tasked her with watching the episodes, giving us her takes and her questions, which I'm sure will be many and varied today. Yes. Because a lot of crazy shit happens in these episodes, everyone. So let's find out what our ambassador for Naboo thought about okay. these wolves and these doors and these worlds <laughs> between worlds. Here's the thing. You already know how I feel about the wolves. Yes. So <laughs> the wolves is an easy one. Um, okay. So let's get into it. Again, I watched this episode last time we recorded. So I watched it again last night because I forgot. So yeah. <laughs> and then I started reading my notes and I was like, I don't even know what this means in my own notes. So I had to rewatch. So this episode is called Wolves and a Door, which honestly, like not a good title. Like it's just it's weak. It feels like it's trying to reference. So like it's trying. I'm trying to think of what it would be, but it sounds like it's like wolves at the door should have been what the title was. Yeah, it's like it's it's trying to play on like a like a famous movie title or or phrase or something like that, but it doesn't quite work. I'll agree with you on that, Flo. I think it's stupid. Okay, so we open up on the cutest little loth cat. Like, just being so cute. I'm obsessed with them. I think they're so, so cute. And next time we go to Batu, I need to go get one um, because they're adorable. Mm -hmm. They um, basically decide um, that there's something going on at the Jedi Temple. I'm not quite sure how they knew that the Empire had taken over the Jedi Temple. That the wolves knew? The wolves know. The wolves told that. How do the wolves know? Because they're just like roaming and they're like, we saw they this. basically are connected to all of Lothal, so they know everything that's happening on Lothal. Okay, so the wolves have told Ezra that the Empire is at the temple on Lothal, and then they like all put their hands and then like for Kanan, which is very sweet. I, I do like that a lot. I actually mm-hmm. wrote that in all caps for Kanan. Then, okay, so my next note just says. Is he going to trip balls again? Because <laughs> Ezra is like on some shrooms right now. Like, and then I figured, I actually wrote this as a question before it happened. I said, ride wolves, question mark. Cause they were like, how are we going to get there? We're on the other side of the planet. And I was like, well, this is pretty obvious. Um, that whole part was very reminiscent of Harry and Buckbeak and the Thestrals. Like, especially mm-hmm. when Sabine was approaching them, it made me think of, like, when Hermione approached, like, Buckbeak or the Thestrals, mm-hmm. just, like, kind of wary, but also, like, being careful, like, being respectful. So, I, I really liked that a lot. That was really cool. <laughs> Zeb is scared of shit. <laughs> In this analogy, Zeb is Neville. Uh, he's just yeah. like, oh, God, I've got to ride this thing. Also, I love how they just, like, chomp on Chopper. They're just like, I'll carry you, bitch. Yeah. I was like, wait, what about me? Typical. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So cute, though. So 
they're riding these wolves. They're like running through the like dead grass or whatever. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack at this point is like super indigenous, like very tribal, tons of drums, which was mm-hmm. really cool because mm-hmm. it was more like the planet and less like civilization of like the empire with like more like, I don't know, more like electric sounding things. Like, I don't know. It was very like natural. I loved it. And then (laughs) God knows what happened, but the floor must have given out and the wolves sink through the planet. So I wrote going through planet wormhole. I I honestly, I don't know what happened, Mm -hmm. but the wormhole part was really cool. Like Mm -hmm. the voices in it were so cool. We got like tons of season one quotes, especially of Kanan, Mm -hmm. um, which was amazing. Um, It was just, it was really cool. I, I just, I really liked it. So that was cool. And then of course they get out and they're like, did you hear those voices? And it's like, yeah, we all did. We were we were all yeah. here with you. Um, okay. So they get to the temple area. Chopper does the best prank of all time and does a hologram of Thrawn, which was so funny. That was so good. And they stole the trooper uniforms for Sabine and Ezra. Mm-hmm. I wrote, Chop, you brilliant son of a bitch. <laughs> do without job honestly seriously it was so good um at this point they don't have the wolves the wolves for some reason like can't get too close so they have to like walk there i'm why can't the wolves get closer why can't the wolves help why can't the wolves wolves, are the wolves are i mean even among the lethal people Mm -hmm. the wolves are like practically myths like yeah. no one's seen them for like a thousand years. Very skittish. Like we're they're skittish. They're kind of like they're mythical. Pretty they're mythical. Kind of. They're like when you if you read like ancient Greek myths and things, and it's the woodland spirit or something. It never actually like comes in close, but people still like out in nature have interactions with it. It's okay, like a guide. I, a guide. Okay, but the, like aren't yeah. they like protectors of the planet? Yes, yes. But a lot of times they can't because I mean they're wolves. They wouldn't really be able to do much. They just I, I mean the camp, they're but... huge. They could eat like every single person there. Right, but they Imperials would just send more people. I mean it would be, and I don't know how easy they are to kill. I mean, it's... oh okay, I guess that's a good point. Like, but I feel like they can disappear. So yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It, it, that was just like it was kind of weird. They're like now we have to. It go is on a little foot. strange. Yeah. Like I don't know. It was it was weird. So. Then we get this like weird ass medieval looking cloaked man who's like minister like Hydran or something, something like that, right? Okay, Hayden. nailed it. Yeah. Um, he looks weird as shit. Like, I don't know where this guy came from. I don't know who like did his wardrobe, but he is fucked. I he looks so bad. Yes. <laughs> Ezra and Sabine get caught like touching symbols and they get in trouble. Sabine ends up like good thing she's sticking with Ezra because Ezra uses his Jedi mind trick to like get out of trouble which was great Mm -hmm. and they head over what very skillful on his part honestly amazing on a death trooper too like it was that was really good I was very impressed Mm -hmm. 
then they like go over to like go look at the art stuff but in the meantime we get creepy monk man Mm -hmm. talking to palpy Mm -hmm. okay i'm gonna get more into my palpy issues in the next episode (laughs) but i feel like overall it's hard for them to throw palpatine at us now when he has not really been a figure in rebels yeah like he wouldn't bother himself with whatever the hell is going on in the outer room (laughs) right so this confusion continues into the next episode so i'm going to save a lot of it because i feel like i've got a lot to say about the next one but this felt a little bit thrown in just like oh look let's throw in the emperor okay Mm -hmm. then they start talking about the mortis gods now (laughs) yes i was like oh fuck (laughs) i understand that this came up more in clone wars is that correct Yes, you have been very resistant to watch Clone Wars. Now, we have tried to get you to watch it several times, and we've even attempted multiple times to just kind of give you a highlights reel, like, no, do these these episodes, these arcs, the Mortis arc is... Mortis arc is one, okay. ...is one of those arcs. See, the issue is, like, I'm very much a completionist, and so, like, I really struggle to just, like, pick and choose because I feel like I'm missing stuff. Now, I understand I'm missing the whole thing right now, so I am, uh, I'm struggling. I think you would really like the Mortis arc because it proves that Anakin is the chosen one. Okay, I mean, I would like that. proves that Okay. And it's very self-contained. I promise I will watch it. Yeah, it's very self-contained. Okay. Everybody's there. It's like, Obi- Anakin and Ahsoka but I don't want it to be self-contained because I want to see every okay I just I want to see everything but, but you I want don't want to watch it better yeah I, I just <laughs> I need to watch it. I need to push through I need to push through I did make it through a lot of it I just I need to keep going because mm-hmm. I know it's going to get better it's just you need to get to the sexy force witches they're hot <laughs> okay I, I will try they I will try again hot. I promise so whatever they just like throw in this mention which i think is like a little bit tough for people who have not watched all of clone wars because they just kind of threw this in okay so there's something about it being a conduit between the living and the dead at some point right like i don't even know where that came up things are like happening like crazy right so sabine is like deciphering this art mm-hmm. and for some reason she's some sort of savant and she's like, I know exactly what this means. She's and very like, good at art interpretation. Yeah. I mean, okay, but like part of how art works is that there's numerous interpretations. Yeah. So <laughs> she's going off the key that the wolves gave her, which I think is the only the rock, reason paper, she's scissors. Able... Yeah, the yeah. rock, paper, scissors, the hands. Yeah. That's the yeah. only reason she's able to decipher it as well as she can, like what to do. I think she'd realize that it was like archetypal figures, but otherwise she'd be like, I don't know what to do. I just felt like it was a little bit of a stretch that she just like knew what to do and just by like looking at it for like two seconds like she's not an art history major I don't actually know like how much yeah she actually might be (laughs) all right I mean I don't feel like the empire paid for her studies or like would let her study art her dad's an artist Palpatine might have because he's obsessed with history and art all right. I mean, because we didn't see it, I struggle right. to believe it. But yeah, that's we fine. want the story. I mean, we want Sabine in art school, like for real. I do. I want Sabine painting nudes. I don't know. I want the whole <laughs> thing. Anyways, 
I think my favorite part of this episode, and I was trying to find some stills of it um, just yesterday. I was like randomly like looking for pictures or whatever. The part in which, so Hera and Zeb are kind of out of this episode, right? They're like, they're standing watch mm-hmm. and Sabine and Ezra, they page in or whatever. And they're like, hey, like, we need to try and get in. Like, we cannot abort this mission, like, at all. Like, we can't walk away from this. And Hera is obviously, like, very reticent to agree to that because she has just lost Kanan. Mm -hmm. And Zeb's like, you know, like, the kids are going to be okay. Like, we're going to be okay. And Hera says, like, I used to believe that. And that was very powerful. But then through all that, we see... Kanan who's obviously not there and like she's not a Jedi like he's not a force ghost she's just remembering him and like we're seeing it kind of through Hera's mind he's just like there like putting his hand on her shoulder and like reassuring her that it's going to be okay Mm -hmm. and that was like that's amazing like that was beautiful yeah yeah so I I loved that I just thought that was so great and I think like we all miss Kanan like Hera's loss is our loss in this. Um, and I, I think it's really great. And I'm going to touch back on that in the next episode because I have a non-parallel parallel. So okay. hold on to that thought. <laughs> okay, then we see one of the fucking lizard people who drives me insane. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you here? With Get the, the voice. Fuck out. I can't stand you. So the I wrote fuck the lizard people. people. <laughs> okay, so... Again, I understand this is a Clone Wars thing, but like Ezra starts talking about like every time Ahsoka was here, this hoot hoot was here. More, yeah, which so, that's okay. true in Rebels as well. Pretty much every time Ahsoka is on screen, but like why would I notice that? I mean, they focus on it a few times. I mean, I don't know. She's a Moriah. I think is more in Rebels than in Clone Wars maybe evenly split after the last season but for the most part she's mostly in rebels i just feel like i've never noticed her or cared about her or it's like never been brought up until this moment where ezra's just like every time i saw ahsoka i saw this bird and it's like okay i think if you go back and rewatch all the episodes of ahsoka's and you'll you'll notice you'll be like oh shit the bird is bird (laughs) a hundred percent but i just feel like cats at one point i think I just feel like, and I'm going to cut them some slack because I figure they don't know how many seasons they were going to get. But I feel like if you wanted me to pay attention to something, point it out a couple times. Be like, weird bird. Or like, whoo, whoo. I don't know. Just like, give me a little something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Um, the Then, like, Ezra is able to put hands on the stone and the thing moves and the wolves peace out and they start spinning in a circle and making a vortex mm-hmm. i thought the mural moving looked very cool i thought the mortis gods talking looked very cool mm-hmm. i just thought the animation on that was sick yeah. so i loved that um they make a little gateway portal we see ezra kind of like hesitantly touching it He's very into following the wolves, so at least he does that. Mm-hmm. Sabine gets caught, which that was tough. I was like, fuck, that blows. And then um, 
basically Sabina's like, go Ezra. Ezra goes through, Gregorian chants swell. And that's how the episode ends. I do mm-hmm. wonder, like, could Sabine have gone through? Could she have gone through with Ezra? What if he was touching her? Possibly if they were touching. Okay. So Possibly. because to me, it felt like very kind of like apparition-y in Harry Potter. Where like, I wonder if she could have like mistakenly like side-alonged with him. Mm-hmm. Which I think that would have changed a lot of what happens next. Potentially, yeah. But anyway, Sabine gets caught. Poor Hera. She must be beside herself. Yes. Um, and Ezra pieces. And then we go to the next episode. Whew. Did I miss anything? You did not. Okay, good. Because we're about the, to have a long chat. Stormtroopers not wanting to file paperwork. <laughs> yeah, well, also the stormtroopers like running headfirst into the wall was kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. Okay, are we ready? I think we're ready. Flo, what are your okay. takes and notes on the world between worlds? Okay. World between worlds. So episode 13, A World Between Worlds. It opens up with a lot of voices. Um, we get like a similar kind of vortex situation, right? With like just a, a lot, like a lot is being thrown at us. My favorite that's thrown at us, of course, is Yoda from Attack of the Clones. Truly wonderful, the mind of a child, which is like one of my favorite quotes. And I should really get it like put onto a shirt for me to go teaching in because I love it so much. Ezra lands in Tron. I'm not quite sure where he lands. <laughs> He's been here before. <laughs> yes. And at, we're, we can talk about that. Again, this is going to be one of those things where I feel like if they obviously we've been here here with Yoda in the temple where Yoda spoke to Ezra there were a bunch of stars I wrote Ezra is in space mountain question mark it looked like that because it looked like a track like it looked like a weird roller coaster going on yes so yes we have been here before but again they didn't tell us enough and I feel like this is my issue with rebels is that And we're going to get more into this as the episode goes on, but they drop things and then they just leave it or like expect me to get it. Everything comes back. I know, but like, I'm not that smart. Maybe like, I feel like you need to give me a little bit more. So anyways, let's keep going. They could have seeded it a little bit better Mm -hmm. on the rewatch. It's much more apparent. Like the first watch, you're kind of like, what the app is happening and that's and kind of where I was. And you're like, holy shit, Dave Filoni is a genius. <laughs> but yes. that first watch is like, what? Yes. And how many people are, are actually re-watching? Like, obviously us. But like, for the average, per- like, again, let's just remember that this was a quote-unquote kids show on mm-hmm. Disney XD. Yeah. Like, how many of these kids are going back and re-watching and being like, oh my God, can you believe these Easter eggs? Like, no, no, no. no. They're more so, accepting too, though, of crazy shit happening. Like, yeah. I think a kid would be That's like, true. all right, That's you went true. through a portal. Seems That's cool. a great point. Great point. Whereas and the movie hits syndication and mom and dad have to watch this like every night at five o'clock, five days That's a week. Right. Then they're like, oh, actually, you know what? I see, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing there. I see it here. <laughs> I see you, Dave. <laughs> Um, I thought what was really interesting in this was the extremely jumbled nature of the 
three trilogy quotes that we get here it's mm -hmm. just like you don't even like know it's it's so jumbled like you don't know where he is in the timeline at all because it's all just like flying at him like you hear ray you hear anakin you hear yoda like you hear obi-wan it's just like what is happening yes which i i actually really liked that i thought that really added to a nice link to the existing canon mm -hmm. and a very confusing place it just added to the confusion of the place which i really really liked very discombobulating very um so at the same time sabine is still a captive um she is sitting with fucking crazy ass <laughs> minister man who's serving her tea from like a very like asian looking teapot um, I was like, this is an interesting design for this teapot. I was I, I, like, I was very fixated on this teapot. I don't know why I was like, anyways. Um, so he's serving tea. They are having a very civilized art talk. Um, it kind of reminded me of in the office where they have the finer things club. This is like Sabine and the minister's finer things club. All they need is Thrawn. That's right. <laughs> they have a club. So they're doing that. Um, and the minister ends up telling Sabine that Palpatine will find Ezra, almost like a warning, like Palpatine knows that Ezra is there, which I don't really know how he would, whatever, I don't know how he knows that. And he tells her Ezra is not safe, quote, beyond the veil. Mm -hmm. Now, as a Harry Potter fan, <laughs> the words beyond the veil mean a lot to me. Yeah. Um, spoilers for those of you who are many years behind on your uh just content of where you should be in the world but if you did not read order of the phoenix i recommend that you stop here and go read it but of course we know beyond the veil as serious falling beyond the veil in the department of mysteries um a veil where we assume the dead go um Although it's not super, super explained. Harry can hear the voices beyond the veil. I mean, it is called the death chamber. It is. I mean, again, we just, we don't know very much about the veil. We don't. It's, it's not, it's never really explained. Similarly to how this is not going to be explained either. The mystery um, of so, death should remain mysteries. Which yes. is both the lesson of Harry Potter and Rebels. Absolutely. And there were tons of parallels here, which we are definitely going to hit upon. Um, but I thought that was just a really interesting way for them to put it. And I really, really liked it. Okay. So I believe it's creepy minister man who says that like, this is a pathway between all time and space and whoever controls this space controls the universe. Pretty That's much. pretty big. It's like kind of a big deal that Ezra's yeah. there. Yeah. So Ezra's walking, he's walking, he's on this like path, he's in the stars. All of a sudden he sees the owl sitting on what appears to be honestly the Deathly Hallows. Like it's pretty yeah. wild. The Harry Potter nods in this are insane. And he's like, you're with Ahsoka, like, you know, tell me more or whatever. And the like window that he's on lights up basically like it turns on. And it is Ahsoka fighting Vader at the end of what? Season two? Season two, Twilight season two. of the Apprentice. Which was an amazing episode, as we will all recall. So, 
so we see Ahsoka, she's fighting Anakin um, as Vader. And Ezra sees that she is about to lose and pulls her, physically pulls her through the quote veil Mm -hmm. and takes her into the world between worlds. Okay. There's a lot of questions here that I have. Yeah. A lot of them have to do with fate. Mm -hmm. Like how does fate play into this? Was Ezra always going to pull her? Did Ezra affect the past? Was this, you know, timelines kind of running with each other, kind of like more in a Marvel sense where like there's multiple timelines all happening at the same time? How does the TVA feel about this? Um, I think the TVA's offices are in this space. I think they probably are. So, yeah, I mean, my question, I guess, was did Ezra save Ahsoka in the past from the present is this even the present does this exist suspended somewhere else that's not time or space sort of sort of it's like this all time all space yeah this is a means of accessing all time and space kind of like um nexus i mean it's it's a nexus point it's a um what's the one interstellar yeah. Did you see Interstellar? No. No. But I mean, I can understand what this is. Are you? A, are like, you? A, are you a Doctor Who? No. Person. Something oh, that a. Sorry, I'm only nerdy about very certain things. Shouldn't have access to. <laughs> but but no, I think the TVA is kind of a mm-hmm. is kind of a, a solid. Very similar. Um, it's a yeah. solid parallel here like while you are in this space like what you're perceiving is obviously physical space but it really it exists outside of time and space and each one of these each one of these doorways leads to like a specific instant in time and space so i guess the next question i have is does ezra save her every time we don't know i mean as far as this timeline is secure because they, at the very end of this episode, they show Ahsoka heading towards that right, triangle, right. Board, which she went toward in Twilight of the Apprentice. So right, at least okay. this is intact, but there could be times where he doesn't. I think in terms of, I mean, if you want to get into like full-on multiverse thing, then maybe, but in terms of the Ezra that we know that we are following, if you think of his personal timeline that like always moves with him, that he is perceiving time. Yes, he saves her every time, I think, okay. is the simple answer. His gut reaction. I'm going to save my next point for the very end because I think it's my overarching point of this episode. So I'm just going to keep going through the episode, but just know like I have a lot more questions about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we go back. Sabine is still having tea. They're still having their art discussion. They talk about the Mortis gods, father, son, and daughter. Sabine loves to throw how much smarter she is than um, the minister guy until finally he gets pissed and is like, we're done. That's like one of my favorite parts. So she's so just like, good. I'm smarter than you do. I'm smarter Remember? than you, don't forget. <laughs> right. Um, then we go back to Ahsoka. We go back to Ezra. And honestly, just like any time that Ahsoka just says the name Anakin, my heart just like explodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, 
her and Anakin are so good. They're so good. And just the fact that like, that's still who she considers him. Yeah. That's like so important. And I think, I think Ahsoka, like, again, I didn't see all of Clone Wars, but I did see some of it. And I think just like the bond between Ahsoka and Anakin was very strong. And I think Ahsoka really saw Anakin in a way that other people didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that like, she's holding on here to like, this is Anakin still. Like, yeah. Okay. The first one to still have faith in him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, besides me, I still have faith in him. Well, yeah. yeah. Besides Flo. <laughs> right. So then she throws out that like Kanan is possibly working through this wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a question. We see constellations kind of around them. One of them is the wolf. The other one was like a snake. What what was the snake one? I think that's one of the Sith symbols, maybe. Okay. I'd have to go and relook at it. Because, like, the wolf was obviously, that was obvious. But, yeah. like, the snake one, I was like, what the hell is the snake? So, anyways. Well, that could be the chimera. It could be Thrawn. Oh, okay. Symbol- symbology. It's so a crate dragon from Mandalorian. When they blow up the dragon. It dragon. Flo loves the crate dragon. For those of you who are only listening to this, I just flipped them off. I hate it's the crate dragon so much. It's a graboid from Tremors. It's a <gasps> Kevin Bacon reference. Perfect. <laughs> Um, if you would like to hear my takes about the crate dragon episode, please listen to our Mandalorian coverage. I yes. spoiler really hated it. It's great. I love that episode. Oh God. Um, okay. So then they walk, they're walking, they're walking, they're walking. They get to the Canaan window. They get to the end of Canaan's life. Um, and automatically Ezra does what I think we all would do mm-hmm. the extremely human nature thing of I can save him like I can change this um and Ahsoka says you can't like you can't stop him from dying if you do that you will all die so again this was so Harry Potter yeah. this was yeah. so Anakin moving towards the dark side, like being unable to accept death is both human, but also wrong um, because death is a natural part of life and it's very hard to accept, but it's something that we all have to move towards, I guess, and find peace with, which Anakin couldn't do. Right. And so that is what took Anakin over to the dark side. He could not save his mother. He could not save Padme. We're going to continue that thought as I go into the rest of my thoughts. But basically here, Ezra is able to pull back in a way that Anakin could not, in a way that Harry did, but that took so much effort, Mm -hmm. um, in a way that Voldemort could not. No. Right. So Ezra is a very unique person in the galaxy. Maybe one of the only people that could have done that. Yeah, I mean, this this was huge. I do think I would have liked to see a little bit more struggle. Mm-hmm. I think he listened to Ahsoka a little bit quickly. And obviously, like, we are, you know, there's a runtime here. Right. But I... More minutes would have been great. Yeah, a couple more, like, yet, like, maybe just a little bit more anger. Mm-hmm. Or, like, maybe at himself or anger at Ahsoka for telling him this or, like, maybe just like a just a little bit more I needed a tiny bit more but overall it was really excellent I thought it was very poignant 
I thought it was heart wrenching. Like we didn't want to see that moment again. We don't want to see Kanan die. Like yeah. it was the worst. Um, and basically here, Ahsoka finally gets him by saying, you can't save your master and I can't save mine. <laughs> and I was just like, oh man, that is rough. Because of course at this moment, Anakin cannot be saved. He will be saved later by his son. Spoiler, if you have not watched the original trilogy. <laughs> Luke Skywalker, everyone. <laughs> yes, meet Luke. Um, it's hard. I mean, this is hard for both of them. Uh, I'm sure Ahsoka wishes that she could reach in and change some things in the past for Anakin. Yes. Um, but they can't. And so they let go. And it was really beautiful. That was that was really emotionally stunning, visually stunning. It was really great. Yes. I love that they got to have it together. Yes. Like these I fully agree. lost Padawans yes. find each other. I'm like, <laughs> yes. Agreed fully. <sighs> Everyone, I am actually crying so that if you're not uh, watching on the YouTube, <laughs> I will have to get a Kleenex after we're done with this section. I'm <laughs> sure. like full on crying. Aww. Yeah, fine. This episode gets me every single time when he well lets Kanan go. I think you're going to stop crying in a second because this is where the episode loses me. <laughs> um, I'm going to get it back for you. I'm get it back. <laughs> okay. So devoid of my comments, here's what happens here. A, another window kind of like lights up and it is Palpatine over a cauldron mm-hmm. um, looking like the evil queen in Snow White. He is summoning from the cauldron some like purple flames. Okay, so he's got purple flames going. The flames rush towards Ahsoka and Ezra. Ahsoka is able to hold them back for a bit. Then Ezra joins in, pushing them back with the force, we assume. Um, They're not super successful. And like, it's not like them pushing the flames back. It's not like when Mace Windu like takes the lightning and throws it back. Like they're not affecting Palpy in any way. Palpy's too strong. Yeah, they're just like, it's basically just defense at this point, but they're not Mm -hmm. attacking in any way. They end up running. which like we kind of see interspersed between um, Zeb and Hera saving Sabine. Mm-hmm. So like we, we kind of have, like a hard time following what's going on, but basically Zeb and Hera save Sabine, a building falls over, they like barely make it out. But we see like a tiny bit of that, but most of it is this palpy throwing flames at them. This mm-hmm. felt very like, this is the boss level of a video game. Like yes, it is. <laughs> you're there with like your teammate and you're like running and you're like, whatever. Basically, Ahsoka jumps back through her window and ends up back at the Sith Temple mm-hmm. where we have seen her. Um, and Ezra, in a very close call, makes it back to his window and jumps back into the temple on Lothal sort of area. Chop comes in super clutch here. Um, he, like, destroys a bunch of troopers or else, like, Ezra would have been fucked. They would have all been fucked if Chop hadn't been there. He's driving then, like a freaking crane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He comes in, he just demolishes people. Then, like, I don't even remember who said this, but I wrote, the future can be changed. Does Ezra say that? No. The son, who said that? The son says that. 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When the when he's like closing the door. Sam right. Whitwer, my man. Okay. <laughs> so right, so then they're they're they have to close the portal, right? Even though I'm a little bit confused because can anybody else get through? Palpatine. But no. he already went through. He knows he didn't about it. Go now. Through. He can't go through. He would have had to have touched Ezra to go through. That's why he was trying to flame grab Ezra back to him because his hand is almost through the portal but then he gets for Ezra gets free so Palpy's like brushed back so it's almost okay. he's doing some weird Sith magic shit that they kind of go over in the novel Darth Plagueis like okay. messing around with arcane magics and Palpatine is really into that shit and he really wants to get into this space. Yeah, very He's much. He's monitoring yeah. it all the time. Interesting. But I he... don't feel like that was super obvious in this. No. It's not. It's not. Okay. I, I kind of got the Hayden sense. said that he would be able to find Ezra. That's like the only clue they give. Yeah, I always kind of had the sense that he can't just walk through. He had to have something on the other side of the door to kind of lock onto. Right. Like that he could like he pull can. himself through. But he could have walked through the portal himself. If he got a hold of Ezra. Yes. Right. So he needed Ezra. Yes. Yes. And he could not use Ahsoka. He, I don't, I don't think so because Ezra's the one who opened okay. the, the portal. And also, so he didn't necessarily know Ahsoka was there at first. Okay. Also, we know, I mean, I mean as far as he knows, Ahsoka's a lot stronger than Ezra. Yeah. Right. He saw Ahsoka grow as a Padawan during right, the Clone right. Wars. Tried to kill okay. her. Thanks, Palpatine. That's a couple great. times. <laughs> so then the temple collapses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and for that, I had to write the following note. <clears throat> My temple! It's broken! <laughs> <laughs> that was all I could think about when that was happening. It was very funny. <laughs> of course, it wasn't funny that the temple collapsed, but Anyways, whatever. Then we get um, a a voiceover, I think, of Kanan, and Kanan tells Ezra, "The Force will be with you always." always. <laughs> and it's just like, man, that was that was intense. Real the mean, Dave Filoni. <laughs> yeah, that that was very mean. Um, the temple is gone. Hera and Ezra go out, and there's just like a marker there, mm -hmm. um, and that's it. Yeah. Hera says Kanan's really gone now question mark and Ezra says yes he is like very definitively we see the wolf in the distance Ezra says bye mm -hmm. and Ezra walks away and that is like probably the closest I've come to crying it's such a beautiful shot too it's like, a yeah. gorgeous <laughs> shot it's um, gorgeous so by and, closing the temple he destroys it like that's what he's, okay. he's destroying the gateway into the world between worlds but there okay. are other gateways okay like, we haven't seen any but according to right. the, so, the painting there are other gateways this is where i have a lot of thoughts um <laughs> a, lot. a lot i don't want people to get me wrong this episode was beautiful and there were a lot of really important parts of it the most important of course being Ahsoka and Ezra letting go of their masters mm -hmm. together. Beautiful, necessary, 100%, do not get me wrong. 
But my question is, was this episode necessary? <laughs> yes. And you will find out why. Yeah. <laughs> will I find out why in Rebels? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because right now, this episode does not feel necessary to me. And I have not watched ahead to this week at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode does not feel necessary to me because it feels like, first of all, I didn't know about this world between worlds. I don't oh, know if that. This is brand which... new for Okay. So yeah. while I appreciate like new lore, which I do, I don't know that this is what I wanted. This feels and okay the main point of this was that Ezra saved Ahsoka okay so Ezra was able to save Ahsoka through this portal situation where he pulled her out we knew though sort of that Ahsoka was alive we knew now (laughs) okay but the issue the issue here regardless whether she was alive or dead or not is they stopped mentioning Ahsoka like Ahsoka was basically written out of the show. So I stopped caring about Ahsoka a long time ago, whether she was dead or alive, which I assumed she was alive. Again, I've seen Mando. So like, I kind of knew she was alive, obviously, which is like a spoiler in itself. But regardless, I didn't care because they stopped caring about her. Now, if they had done something more like what they did with Kanan, where it was like brought up, there was mourning, there were frequent references to her. Obviously, Kanan just died, but like- More Rex. Like they needed more Rex. Yeah, yeah. I needed some people to mourn Ahsoka. They stopped mentioning her. So I stopped caring. So the fact that he saved her is like, oh, okay. Like that's cool. But like, I really did not care. Now I understand I don't have the same like attachment to Ahsoka as Clone Wars watchers would. Like I Mm -hmm. respect that fully, but- within rebels like it still has to hold up Mm -hmm. and this did not hold up to me in terms of me caring about ahsoka rebels did not make me care about ahsoka no it's all all from clone wars right for real so that to me is a failure of the show just in itself and the show is amazing like i i've i'm really really enjoying the show and i'm almost done obviously and like this is some of the best star wars content i have seen And this is an issue in many of the Star Wars IPs. Like many of our canon stories have this issue where it's just like, you expect me to care because you expect me to have watched something else. Mm -hmm. But to me, things need to hold up on their own a little bit. And this did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was one of my issues. My other issue is this feels like a time turner situation in Harry Potter where this is introduced always dangerous to do time travel so dangerous Mm -hmm. because this becomes like kind of a panacea for anything that happens well we can go back and we can change it so she who must not be named the author of harry potter struggled with this because basically like well if we can save buckbeak and we can save sirius then why are we not saving harry's parents why are we not like killing voldemort when he's an infant why are we not saving dumbledore spoiler why are we not saving Sirius like why are we not doing all these things so eventually she had to say you know all the time turners were destroyed destroyed in the battle at the department of mysteries of course then we get them back in cursed child which is a huge issue in cursed child 
that like all of a sudden we're changing all of the past timeline. This feels like that. And this feels like either people did not know, which obviously Palpy knows, which means other people knew, which means somewhere in the Jedi lore this exists, or the Jedi are so much more fucked up than I ever thought that they would not tell Anakin this because this is all Anakin ever wanted. Like, this is so fucked to me that this would exist and that they would not be like, hey, you actually could save your mom. Mm, it takes um, a lot to get in there. You have, I mean, to earn, you have to earn the right to get in. So it, it is very difficult to access. And it still exists. Like, it, it exists, exist. but how many? Cur- I, I don't mean, know Palpy- how many Jedi I knew about. It. I mean, there's not very much on World Between Worlds lore. Like, I don't even know if Yoda really knew what was happening. He just was like, "All right, I'm gonna go with this." <laughs> yeah, like Palpatine found it in know. some ancient Sith texts, I'm assuming. And but if they did know and didn't tell Anakin, I mean, I could assume that they happened. wouldn't. That they wouldn't tell any. I can assume that they wouldn't tell any anybody because the actual lesson is not no yeah you can go back and save your mom it's no 100% you right that is the lesson go back yes. and save 100% that is the lesson that. and that is what we learn here in this episode right he that, doesn't get a choice to do that he doesn't get a not choice not only does he not get a choice like Ezra has to go through this trial Ahsoka has to go through this trial to let go mm-hmm. but the fact that they would know that this exists and that that could even be a possibility that even by accident Anakin or any other Jedi potentially could fall into, like Ezra fell into it, he had no idea where he was going, that they could fall into it and be faced with that choice and be unprepared to make that decision, that they would not be training their Jedi to be letting go in a way that feels appropriate instead of just saying like, well, you can't have attachments, so fuck you. Right, they're trying to shortcut it. And it's like, this isn't working. And the fact that if they knew this existed and they still continue to shortcut that, that is fucked. And that is what gave us Darth Vader. And that is what turned Anakin, and that is what broke my heart. And I'm not here for it. it I mean, it's a, a huge problem with the Jedi and the no attachments, the no yeah. being able to feel love besides compassion. Like, and that's I think a lot. But of love is what saved that. Ezra here. Yes. Mm-hmm. The fact that Ezra walked away yeah. because, because he, he loved Kanan. Yeah enough to say this is what Kanan wanted. Kanan wanted to protect the rest of us. This right. is what Kanan laid his life down for. This is the only thing that Kanan, this is the only thing that justified Kanan's death is that he died for this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Ezra understood that and understood that level of love is what saved him here. Yeah, it is. That's what the Jedi forgot. Mm-hmm. They right. forgot somewhere along the line, they forgot that they were supposed to feel emotion. It just makes me so sad because it's e- every step of this way, you know, I see a lot of Anakin in Ezra. Yeah. And this is how Anakin could, obviously, because of the prophecy or whatever, being the chosen one, he couldn't have. But right. without that, He could have been Ezra. He could have made that choice. He could have walked away. He could have loved his mother enough to walk away and not let her have died 
in this way, he could have not avenged, uh, quote, avenged her death like this because that's not what Shmi would have wanted. He right. could have let Padme go because had he let her go, she would have lived. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this could have been story. Anakin. It could have. But it wasn't. And I'm so distraught by it. And my other issue with this episode is we have, what, three episodes left? Yeah. One and a two-part finale. You can't throw this episode at me with three episodes left because I'm not going to get the, and you guys have already verified, like, I'm not going to get the explanations that I want in this. Like, not completely. It's very Department of Mysteries for Harry Potter. Yeah. This to me feels more than that because Harry Potter had a lot of pages. And like, while we never quite understood everything that happened in the Department of Mysteries, we saw enough that we could piece it together. This feels like Game of Thrones season eight, where they introduced things, the Golden Company, for example, they introduced (laughs) important things that they then ran out of runway for and just dropped. So and that's possible. Definitely possible. I'm very possible. curious to see what you'll think about the end. <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, this came out many years ago at this point, and we have not seen this again. We have had content since then, quite a bit of content. Um, and I, I don't know if this is in go books. Back to it. I think they're going to go back to it with Ahsoka. I hope so. The but we issue can't say is anything else. But we don't know. <laughs> that's <laughs> we don't know. The <laughs> I mean. The, the issue for me remains, and this was the issue with Game of Thrones, this was the issue with some of Harry Potter, absolutely, is that you cannot be dependent on so much other parts of the IP that you don't let this stand alone at some point. Like, mm-hmm. I understand that they may be going back to it with Ahsoka. They might make an Ezra series. Who knows? You know, who knows what they're going to do? They might make a whole thing about the Mortis gods. I don't know. I'm not in charge. Please give it to us. <laughs> but I have to feel some sort of like closure and resolution when I end this. Mm-hmm. I have to, or else to me, they have failed. Just like this was the issue with Game of Thrones season eight. Again, I'm going to go back to it. A lot of people felt like they did not get the resolution that they wanted after investing eight seasons into a show where the front end was beautiful and we got time and we got all these arcs and everything was like setting up to be beautiful. And like, then it just wasn't, Mm -hmm. they dropped the ball at the last minute. They didn't give them themselves enough time at the end, which is what I'm feeling is happening here. And it's very frustrating because I want to know everything. I am a Ravenclaw. I have to know everything that has ever happened and will ever happen. That is my anxiety. So to get this episode and then get nothing to explain it is unacceptable to me. And so I might get some more, but I don't think I'm going to get everything. And the fact that like this is not brought up and like the original, the prequels, the sequels, Rogue One, obviously Solo is not a Jedi story, but not mentioned there, not mentioned in Mando, like, you have to give me something. That's how I feel about it. So, Mm -hmm. overall, these episodes, grade-wise, man, that Wolf in the Door one is fucking horrible. I'm going to give that one, like, a four. I can't. (laughs) I can't. This one... 
I mean, I don't think I can go past like a nine, which is really high, but like I wanted it to be so much higher. I thought Palpy was ridiculous. Okay, like, wait, you wanted it to be so much high. How, what scale are you going on here? Okay, so to me, the end of season two was a 10. Mm. Okay, Those so when you episodes, say so much higher, you're literally talking about one point. I'm talking about, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of space okay. in between those one point. There can there's be. There's a lot there of can, space. There. there can be, certainly. There, there certainly is, especially because this is like nearing the end of the series. Like, I'm expecting you throw everything at me that you've got. This is like the big <laughs> firework finale. And this did not, like, it was stunning and there were very, very, very high highs and very, very, very low lows, both of which are great but not enough to get me that 10. And that is okay. It is okay, but I am worried. Like I am worried that I'm gonna be unsatisfied and that I'm gonna be left with fucking who has a better story than Brand the Broken. Like, I don't wanna be left with that, spoiler alert. (laughs) I don't want to be, and I don't want this to be that because I've really loved this journey. And I've loved going on this journey with you and with the rest of our listeners and our friends. But if this ends up like Game of Thrones season eight, which I still enjoyed, my top episode is from Game of Thrones season eight, episode two, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, the Mm -hmm. most beautiful episode I've ever seen in my life. And then we got what we got. I don't want that to happen here. So I'm trying to like guard my heart and like believe and hope that it's not going to end up like that. But this episode made me worried. No spoilers. Nope, I can't, I can't, I can't. I will say, I mean, I think I always kind of interpreted this thing, because you're right, this is a pretty big lore mod to throw onto it. Yeah. At at the 11th hour, I guess actually the uh, 13th hour. And this season is, it's shorter than the last two. Last two seasons have had 22 episodes. This one has, even if you count two-parters as, as, as two, two as two episodes i think it's 16 total mm, it's either 15 or 16 unless you, depending on how you count the last one mm-hmm. so it is shorter so you never know and rebels was also kind of i think always in that position where like not actually sure for getting the next season right. i think originally especially when they set this as they set the start of it as five before five mm-hmm. years before the battle of yavin it would make sense that they were kind of hoping for a five season arc. So I can see, I can see, I can see some year that, that barreling towards. Sounds to me, Flo, like you thought this season needed a couple of side quests. <laughs> Hell no. I, I think, I think what I'm lacking here, and I think what I might be lacking with um, a lot of Rebels is more of a connection to canon beyond Clone Wars. Like, I understand that we got Leia. Oh, Palpatine? Well, but like that was just thrown in. I'm like kidding. I needed more of like a real one. Like I feel like the most that we got was like Lando. And it's like that's so tangential. Like we got some Vader, but like not in the latest seasons. No, because hmm. he had to go and do other stuff. Vader's sure. powerful. Same with Ahsoka. They're like, we can't have them running around because they're too. I'm just, I'm worried about this world between worlds being like a strange retcon or like some sort of like weird thing that just like never gets mentioned again in canon. Yeah, I, 
I, it just feels very disconnected to the canon that I understand. True, and I think that that's it's a concept that they are going to ultimately build upon. Um, I think Filoni definitely wants to. If you go back, and now again, this this gets to, I mean, a little bit about what you said. Like, do they really notice? Did they really know where they were going? The symbols and stuff around those doors mm-hmm. are actually peppered throughout several other series, several other episodes in Rebels. Like when Ezra is gets his like face-to-face with Yoda, if okay. you look at the circle he's sitting on, it's very much like one of those gateways. In Mando, season two, when baby Yoda's like meditating on the rock and calling out on the thing, if you look at the, the carvings around the outside of the rock, they are very much reminiscent of one of those gateways. The Ahsoka show logo kind of has sure. the symbol on her door as yeah. one of its design pieces. So I think they are going to try and, exp- I think they are going to explore this more. Mm-hmm. I, I have to believe that, but like, again, it's what, like a seven year, seven years between when this came out and when the Ahsoka show is going to come out? Yeah, kind of. Like, yeah. that's a long time to be like leaving people hanging on this. Mm-hmm. Right. And I And I mean, this might be a little bit of a retcon in my own head, but I kind of just I the way I always kind of interpret it is okay this is like a this is like a canon explanation almost of every time you know a Jedi is meditating and they hear the voice of one of their friends from the future Luke 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 is on Dagobah and he sees Leia and them in the clouds he is somehow viewing through this and this is just kind of a physical manifestation of that So I was actually wondering about that. And I wish that they had given me a little something that I could more easily link that to, because I was wondering, like, is this how Anakin had his force dreams? Like, is this how he saw his mother? Is this how he saw, you know, Padme's future, quote unquote, that he would Mm -hmm. end up creating? Like, is he seeing it through this? Because that would link it to canon for me. Which I think with all of the voices that you hear. And the fact that they are actually kind of jumbled does hint towards that. It's not that explicit. I definitely give you that. I definitely it does. Quite, they don't quite make the leap. I needed them to make it though. Like I needed them to take that extra step and have something there that would mm-hmm. explain like, this is how, you know, Jedis can interact with the force in this way. Mm-hmm. That a hundred percent would have made it for me. Mm-hmm. But it was missing that, and therefore, to me, it's still disjointed. I agree. I, in my own head, that is what I believe. But the fact that it didn't say that to me, like my head's not canon. My head is fan fiction. So, <laughs> yeah, it's great fan fiction. Your head way. is callous. It's all callous <laughs> all the time. It is just callous as a spy, um, doing like weird evasive maneuvers in spacecraft. And like doing horrible things with those like canister things. So good. So good. You know what I'm talking about, Colleen. I do. Get after that fan fiction. Hey, girl. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I think we're ready to head into our sixth holocron, which is our conjecture at the cantina. This is where we ask our questions about the episode and explore some wider Star Wars lore together. I'm going to say- Too late, I already did. <laughs> right? 
so much wide lore. <laughs> the canon is wide. So I am going to start us out with what did Dave Filoni and crew have to say about these episodes? Holy shit, there's a lot going on. <laughs> like, wow. Ahsoka's back. Palpatine is back up to his usual fucking shenanigans. But what exactly is he after in the world between worlds? Firstly, Pablo Hidalgo said that this type of excavation isn't done a lot, but it does show how invested Palpatine is in the arcane arts how well it's kept secret. Like nobody really knows what Palpatine is up to except for people like Haydn. There are all these like secret ministers running around all these architectural sites and Jedi temples trying to find shit out. This wasn't part of the rebels mission yet it seems more important than destroying the defender factories basically mm -hmm. because of the cost that it could come from it. Filoni said that through his meticulous studies, Palpy discovered that there was a door that could lead him into a space where he could control time and change the will of the force. Not great. No, not great not for great anyone. Bad, very bad. Um, Ezra's voice actor, Taylor Gray, brought up something that Flo will definitely enjoy. He said that Dave Filoni explaining the world between worlds was actually much easier to follow than what the fuck the wolves are up to and how they utilize the force. <laughs> Even the voice actor is like, what? <laughs> Friends, let's all just agree now that the wolves are the worst. No, I love the wolves. <laughs> no, you are incorrect in that take. That take still rather have one of the wolves than the cats. Though. I'm a big wolf person and Look. a big like connections to nature person. And I, once the wolves showed up, I was like, yeah. Girl, give me all the dire wolves, but these wolves, no. I love, I love no. that. <laughs> I, I love, love you to bits, but oh God, I love it. We will differ on this yeah. forever. Yes, <laughs> I love it. But then Pablo Hidalgo came back and said, basically, the force is basically deeper and more powerful than anyone can ever imagine. So that's what they were going for with the world between worlds. And Ezra just happened to be worthy of going in. I mean, good for Ezra. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, my next Ahsoka question. who got saved. Yeah, Ahsoka, big time. I think her show will have a lot to do with her dealing with why she was saved, like this kind mm -hmm. of survivor's guilt, maybe. Like, what's her purpose? What does the force want from her? What is she supposed to be doing? And I would love to see that in her show. Dave Filoni, that's what we want to see. Yeah. Is Ahsoka having to deal with this kind of stuff? Speaking of Ahsoka, this makes me laugh every single freaking time. Was it a mistake that Ian McDiarmid mispronounced her name? Mm. Or is this just another one of Palpy's like alpha dog flexes? Because, I mean, he mispronounces it and he knows who she is. So this is kind of like, it reminds me of if you're on a date with a guy and all of a sudden you run into this other guy you used to date and you're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. This is my friend, whoever that person leaves. And then the guy you're on the date with is like, oh, so how do you know Peter? And it's the wrong name. <laughs> like they're trying to undermine the person that you know already i could see it i'm not gonna lie until i read this question i didn't notice he he, he says her first name <laughs> what, did, like, what did you call her i i have to go back and listen to it again because like it's just not correct. <laughs> it's not correct i'm gonna say it's more of a mistake than i yeah, think i think it's personally in mcdermott 
yeah just mispronounced it because he was not the voice of Palpatine and Clone Wars Mm. so he wouldn't know probably but I just love to think that it's Palpatine just being a dick I mean that tracks it does yeah so it has even if it is a mistake it has a canon explanation that's right exactly I'm here for it I'm like yeah he's an asshole so of course he was as Ahsoka's like but you know me you almost like convicted me to death for real (laughs) okay that's my my last question that's your thing all right (laughs) all right here's my one question about these episodes so they are they are watching Kanan's moment and Ahsoka drives home Kanan knew that this is where he had to be right in this moment and we know from just a few episodes ago what he is doing in this moment is holding the fire back with the force so mm-hmm. he's basically just doing a force push. That's, yeah. that's the bare bones of it. So we also know from just a few minutes later that Palpy is like using force magic or whatever through the gateway in some, in some manner. Yeah. So here's my question. Yes, it was necessary. They needed to let go. I understand that from a story perspective. But... This is my type of Ravenclaw brain, the little problem solver. Let's actually let's actually think this through. Could Ezra and Ahsoka together have used the force through the gateway and figured out a way to save Caden? In theory, at this point, they have all of time to figure it out <laughs> because of where they are. That's a great point. <laughs> like, I could mean... they have combined? held the fire back and pulled Kanan through, thus completing that mission. Okay, so I guess like my question with this is like when he was saving Ahsoka and even when they see Kanan, it felt like there was a sense of urgency. Like I have to do this now because this moment will pass. Mm. But I guess, I mean, I agree with you. Like they could in theory just like rewind it, right? Because like time is not real here. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's hard to say. That's obviously like, not the point, but <laughs> no, but it is like, the one thing I'm always be... thinking about. Like when they're like, no, you can't fair. do anything. I'm like, really? Really? Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I think the time you literally just pulled us out of an explosion. Yeah. Like Palpatine coming really is the thing that set everything off. Some people ask like whether he should have saved Ahsoka. And it's like, well, it's kind of the will of the force because Morai is the daughter and leads us were there to save her. So it's very much like Mortis God's light side energy trying to save Ahsoka here. And we do know that, I mean, we've, we've, we've known for a while, at least in theory, that Ahsoka survived. We get that small clip of her at the end of Twilight of the Apprentice. And this, at least, I think, provides an explanation of why she didn't, hasn't come back, why they haven't mentioned her or whatnot like because they don't don't know know, she survived they it's like so from her Ezra says we thought you died so from her perspective that means I have to quote unquote stay dead in order for everything to happen the way it's supposed to happen right because she most likely gets pushed back to exactly after the temple has come right so it's like big time loop stuff they yeah. don't deal with time loop stuff very often in Star Wars, which is a good thing. A very good thing. I think Ahsoka might be the only one. I think this, I yeah, this is pretty much the only one that we have. 
that I can think Again, of. this is like a dangerous precedent that I, that makes me nervous. Yes, right. Yes. Which is why I'm glad that it's so difficult to get into. Like, not just anybody can waltz in to the world between worlds. And you have to yeah. have the proper gateway too. So I, I mean, just the fact that one person did makes me nervous, so. <laughs> Especially yeah. since it's Ezra. <laughs> yeah, 100%. The planet deemed him worthy. Made him like the master of death. Kind of. Ooh. <laughs> More Harry Potter. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, just like when Harry becomes the master of death, uh, it's kind of signals the end. And guys, we only have one episode, one podcast episode left of Rebels. I can't believe that. We're that's doing the final three episodes. Wild. We will not have it uh, next week because that's Thanksgiving, but we will be back the week after that with mm -hmm. our not only our season four coverage, but the entire series coverage. That is when we will conclude it all. That's what nice. will Ezra and the Ghost Crew do? Will everyone be with us at the end? If Callus is not, I am going to throw myself <laughs> off the bridge. If they like waited all this time just to kill off Callus, I'm going to freak. <laughs> I cannot wait for Flo to see the end of the series. I am really excited about The only it. thing I'll say is I think that the, uh, the finale will be very profitable. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, God. <laughs> Unless they kill Hondo. If they kill Hondo, and that's the reason why you said that, I'll be very happy. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd be able to make it through that episode. I mean. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, until, until next time, though, follow us wherever you're getting your podcast. Leave us those five-star reviews. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com, where you can watch all of our episodes. You can enjoy Colleen's Book Corner, where she reviews Star Wars literature. And reach out to us on email and social media. And as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to join us. That really does help. You can also head over to ForgottenEntertainment.com. Check out all the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast where we examine different facets of Star Wars canon. And we are currently making our way through the newly released Star Wars Visions. But until then, the lightsabers up. Keep those episodes streaming. And happy Life Day, everybody. Oh, oh my God. Stop it with that. <laughs> The worst. Don't watch it. <laughs>